You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Music. I'm your host, Ren Simmons. On the line with me today is Eric Bowers, who is a mortgage loan officer and an author. And we'll be talking today about how he uses OmniFocus. Say hello, Eric. Hello, Eric. So um, people may not realize, in fact, probably people don't realize that Eric visited the office uh, some while ago. And um, when he came, he brought me, it's not a trophy exactly, you're a plaque. Uh, well, what would you call that? First place in my audio heart. Right. How about that? Okay. Both of you. So it's like a little like brass plated microphone with a little plaque on it and it says uh say hello, you know, then with the underscore. Um and then it just says the Omni Show. But it was it was a beautiful thing and uh we keep it here in the in the podcasting room and Oh cool. And, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I show it to everyone who comes in. It's well deserved. Thank you. So happy new year. Welcome to 2020. Uh, yeah, happy new year. Do you have a good Christmas and New Year's? I did. We had family come down to Florida where we relocated to, and uh, they're all in the Northeast in New York and New Jersey. So they, they loved it, brought the dogs. It was a wild time. Mm, awesome. Of course, uh, dear listeners, we're actually recording December 11th. So this is all just optimism. <laughs> we, think we, had a, we think we had a good Christmas. <laughs> So, yeah, you, you visited here. When did you come? It was springtime, uh, summertime? Like, yeah, like June, like early June. June. That's right, yeah. You guys yeah. were about to head off to WWDC, that's I remember. That's right, yes. It was right before then. Yeah, yeah. And you got to tour of the office and all our weird uh, arcade games and beautiful views and all that kind of stuff. I was, I was surprised. I pulled into fun. the parking lot and I thought that, I didn't know, we'd get the tour, being that everyone was leaving town, but we did. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a little quiet. Uh, people on vacation, people leaving town, but uh, yeah. So, um, you're a mortgage loan officer and an author. What have you written? Well, it's odd to say it on this podcast, but I wrote a book about probably your largest competitor about okay. uh, three years ago, mm-hmm. and um, I've used both applications over the years. Kind of obviously found that OmniFocus fit my style, and now I'm you know using OmniFocus and some of your other apps to help me write my next book, which is a novel totally created by me and out of fevered dreams, and it's all going down in a writing app, and I can't believe it's coming out. I probably am going to have to release it later in 2020 here, but it's been a, a passion of mine for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what, what genre of novel? It's kind of a, a drama with some comedy, a little mm. music, but it's, it's got dramatic character development. It's, it's a good book, I think. I don't know what, what you would say if it's not science fiction or fantasy, not a mystery, it's just... It, it's a science fiction story. Oh, it's science fiction. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'll just leave it at that. All right. That's fine. Yeah. I don't want to spoil um, well, our, our entire office, of course, is into science fiction and fantasy and so on. And I bet a lot of our listeners are too. So that's awesome. Yeah. Part, part of it actually takes place in your fair city, which is why uh, we were also visiting. Sure. Got to travel for the research. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what does a mortgage loan officer do? I think I talked to one once because I bought a house. Yeah. It's otherwise not a profession I keep close tabs on. 
That's right. It's, I'm probably similar to that person that you spoke with. And I'm someone who helps a customer get their first home or do a refinance, you know, basically either get them into that home financially with the mortgage or help them save money. So it's something that I'm, I've gotten very good at over the years and something that's near to my heart because I'd love to help people. And mm. I'm halfway decent at it. They pay me for it. So, you know. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with doing well by doing good, right? Right. So does uh, OmniFocus play a role in, um, in your day job as well as your authorship? Yeah, it plays the role. I get really like wonky if I don't put things into OmniFocus. Like, I wake up and I go, I-, I don't know where I'm going. I'll look at my wife, Alexandra, and say, what am I supposed to do? And she's like, have you been writing things down in OmniFocus? I'm like, no, I'm trying to keep it in my head. So it's the nucleus of everything I do in my life. Um, I put everything from customer leads in there, you know, not overly sensitive info, but like, who should I be calling today? And do I need to follow up on an appraisal that's just come in? And should I reach out to that person all the way down to, you know, write chapter 16 of the book tonight and it's got a due date on it, you know, and so it, it really is the, the centralized brain of all my daily actions. I imagine with um, a bunch of different clients, potential clients, that's a lot of details just to keep track of all the time. It is. It's a, I don't use like a contact relationship management software per se. I've kind of cobbled one together between a few different applications, but OmniFocus is at the heart of that. And so in the notes field, like I'll have a link to the reference file that contains a little bit more information about the client so that I don't, you know, crowd my, my OmniFocus with overly useless information. I just need to get in and get out of OmniFocus mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Right. It's about knowing what you need to do, not about storing all the data you need to have. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's written for. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of, um, and and a customer of Learn OmniFocus, the site that Tim Stringer runs. Oh, and yeah. I love it. And one thing I really took away from some of his lessons, and he's a, he's a great teacher. I mean, I, I sat there and said, geez, I'm like putting everything under the sun in here with due dates all over the place that mean nothing, getting nothing done because I'm stressed. And now I look at my forecast and it's got five things on it for the day. But those five things absolutely have got to be done today. And everything else, I'm just using, you know, perspective t- uh, to see. And right now, I've got it pretty simplified with like a, a next perspective sorted by GTD context. I'm a very hardcore GTDer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the getting things done methodology. And so that's just an overview of like everything that could be done sorted by context. But that forecast really drives my day-to-day actions. Uh, what are the criteria for the next perspective? That, that sounds interesting. How's that put together? Well, they have to be available actions. They have to not be part of one of my meta tags, which are either subproject. So all subprojects get this meta tag that literally says subproject, or they cannot have lists as a tag because I now got around my one wish that uh, for OmniFocus. Uh, of checklists by using a tag called lists. Mm-hmm. And now I just keep that out of my way unless I really, really need to get into it. So next has available, 
not a meta tag of subprojects or lists and sorted by tag. And I think that's it actually. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty simple setup, but it's really effective. It's just that the big button, you hit that and you can see everything. Ah, nice. Yep. Uh, so, so you're, you're using tags a bit, um, mm-hmm. better for you than just plain old contexts where. Yeah. I've started to get into the multi tag. I was actually a little bit, not against it, but I was apprehensive about it because I said, Oh, I know me, I'm going to, you know, just go down this trail where I start adding tags to everything. Mm, but I did that at first. <laughs> yeah. What, what I did was this, I said, okay, listen, create some ground rules here. So when I go into um, waiting for, I have as a, as a tag, I also, if it's a person that I regularly contact, like we have a branch manager, he's very imperative to my success. He's got his own tag. So if it's waiting for, I've got his name as well as an additional tag. And that's the only time that I'll allow myself a two tag system. Otherwise it's like Apple device where I can make a call from, I can make a call from any machine, Mm -hmm. you know, or home. I've got to be home to do this thing or errands, you know, the old GTD context. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I I love the multi-tagging system. It does offer a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes just that one or, or two additional dimensions can, can make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do a, a weekly review or how do you go about uh, dealing with that issue? I used to do the calendar entry where I say like weekly review Sundays at 7 a.m. And invariably I never stuck to it. So mm-hmm. now I have that mean old review button in OmniFocus just staring at me and saying, you have like 32 things, which I did review 32 things today. Mm-hmm. And it said, you have to review these. So once I see that, it gives me the, the itch. I say, uh Oh, I've got to get in there and, yeah. and review. And, and it's, that's enough because it's my brain, my external brain. It's enough to trigger that. Oh, you've got to go look at this like calendar entry about that thing to make sure that that's set up. Mm-hmm. Yep. What else is uh, in your OmniFocus workflow? I have next perspective. You, um, yeah, use I, tags a little bit sticking with contexts mm-hmm. more or less. Yeah. I, I used to have, and I think I will have, again, some variation on like click here to make money. Like all these tasks are focused on making calls or supporting a customer uh, in some fashion, uh, as opposed to my next perspective, which houses everything personally and work related. I used to have it really, really drilled down. I had like 10 perspectives and it just, it became unwieldy. Mm. I... I'm going to probably create something along the lines of a work perspective, Bauer's voice perspective, which is the uh, company that I write the the books through and do any audio recording through and, and then one for personal and then one for next. So I have kind of a, a quadrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you one of those people who um, do Mac and iOS and, and Apple watch even, um, or do you pretty much just stick to one platform or another? I am so mobile that I said to myself, when I set up this business, I have to be able to run it from anywhere. And I mean, driving, you know, if I need to pull over and look up something, it's got to be in my hands. So on all platforms, Mac, iPhone, iPad, and with some current limitations, the web, I've got everything looking exactly the same and, and mm-hmm. acting the same so that it doesn't matter what machine I'm on. OmniFocus is the same. No matter where you are, you can... You can get to your external brain 
Yeah. It seems like a good, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big watch guy too. I love, I love OmniFocus for the watch. I use the, um, the handoff between the phone and the watch. So when we go out, I'll pull up an Aaron's perspective uh, uh, tag and then throw that to the watch. And that way I just look at my watch and that one tile and it's got everything that I could be doing while I'm out and nothing more. Mm. Wow, that's it's very perfect. cool. Uh, how did you find OmniFocus in the first place? I went back to university as an adult and um, I had run a business and said, okay, it's time to get a degree. And so late one night in class, like before class was starting, actually, I was Googling a better task manager than things and mm. OmniFocus came up mm. and it was OmniFocus one. This is like 2012. Okay. And I, I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, that's a lot of purple right away. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, cool. that should oh. be the tagline. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> that's is, a, lot that's a lot of purple. purple. <laughs> yeah. So I immediately bought everything. I'm kind of a completist. I'm either not going to do it at all or a hundred percent. And so I bought, all platforms that were available and used it. And so OmniFocus One, I definitely, it was really like, turned my mind inside out. I was like, how do you, how do you manage things in here? There's so much yet so little. And it took me probably a good year to learn it. Mm -hmm. And then when OmniFocus Two came out, that's where I saw like, oh, and iOS 7 had that redesign. And I remember OmniFocus for iPhone was the first app that I got that just on launch day, you guys were right there and had the new design. And I said, whoa, I don't even know where I am in this app, but I want to be here because it was clean. Mm -hmm. It was easy to navigate. And I really have stuck with it ever since. So it was, it was very cool when I f finally got my head around it. I said, this is super powerful. Yeah, well, certainly part of our job is to keep improving the app and make it so it doesn't take so much effort to get your, your head around it. Yeah. Uh, and part of doing that is having people like you on to help people about their workflows. So that's cool. Absolutely. Do you use any other Omni apps? Are you a OmniGraffle user, for instance? Yeah. My one foray into OmniGraffle, which was pretty successful for me, as I'm not a graphic designer, was I created the logo for my BowersVoice.com site. It was so easy. I put shadows under the letters. It was super simple. Mm -hmm. It was everything I needed. Now, do you think I could go back in there and create something else with it? No, it's like starting from ground zero. So I've got to relearn the app now, but it was well worth it because I, you know, I own it now and I can use it at will as opposed to having paid someone to do that logo. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my goals in 2020 is to really get to use OmniGraffle a little bit more. Omni Outliner, hands down. My workflow goes from... Like I use MindNode by Ideas on Canvas as a as a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. And once the ideas get in there, immediately they come into Omni Outliner because from there I can arrange and really get a structure of what I'm trying to do for maybe a, a big project. And in particular, the book that was super helpful for the novel I'm working on. And I was able to rearrange scenes and I said, wow, that really doesn't go there. That that belongs in that other scene. And it's just pretty easy to drag and drop this stuff all around the screen with Omni Outliner. So I love it. And I actually used it for 
a, like a revenue database at one point because I've got the pro version so it can do calculations in there. And it really was probably better left to something like numbers, but I, I like going to one app for everything. So I, I kind of threw everything I could at Omni Outliner for a while and mm-hmm. said, you know what? It's better as an outliner. Just leave it with words, not numbers. Mm. <laughs> it handles that stuff though. Um, it does. And I'm, I think Ken may have said this publicly that the app actually started because he needed something for budgeting. So yeah, yeah. it's perfect for that. Yeah. And you know, spreadsheets don't have expand and collapse, but it turns out pretty darn useful. It, it really can. I, I posted something on the, uh, on the Omni group channel there uh, a while ago, a budget spreadsheet that I had created in Omni outliner. And if I can, I actually know I can find it. I'll, I'll send it to you if you want to post it anywhere, but oh, sure, that'd be great. It was real, really cool. Omni plan is the one I'm still after, I think three years of ownership, trying to get my, my arms around. I found that it's not necessarily great for one person because it's a little like bringing a bazooka to a knife fight. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to buy it. I love you guys. I am <laughs> well, going thanks. to be a completist. Yeah, I, I, I just didn't. I haven't really found a use for it yet. I think if I get that one big construction job in the sky, I think I'm all set for it. But until then, yeah, it might yeah. just sit there in my dock. Yeah, OmniPlan really is for project managers who are managing um, multiple resources, including multiple people. So mm-hmm. it's such a cool app, but uh, of all our apps, it's the one that really has like a specific um, profession in mind, I think. Yeah. Oh, and sp- speaking of professions, I don't want to forget, I used the coolest use of Omni Outliner for me was when I was in Philadelphia recently, We, we uh, I was in a band and I'm a bass player and singer and I would write all the songs down that I had to lead sing so that I knew that I had two jobs on that song. So I kept this database of really you know, classic rock songs within Omni Outliner. And that kind of saved my hide too on stage. I'd bring my iPad with me, put it on a musical, you know, staff and mm-hmm. read my Omni Outliner to say, oh, next one, I've got to make sure that, uh, you know, I know I, I know the voice is in tip-top shape. Right, yeah. <laughs> so classic rock, huh? What was the name of the band? Saloon Dogs. Saloon I didn't dogs. name it. Yeah. yeah, it was. I like the name though. It's cool. It was. It was fun. It was. A, it was a good time. It was uh, a bunch of great guys, but yeah, obviously they had to quit to move down here to Florida. Yeah. Well, whereabouts in Florida? I'm in Tampa. Tampa. Oh, okay. Yeah. So on the Gulf side, it's 81 degrees here today. Oh my. Yeah. It's miserable in Seattle today. Oh my. It's funny though I, when we visited. I told my wife, I said, uh, we visited Discovery Park and I said, you could drop me off here and this could be my home. I love mm-hmm. it there. I just, I'm from upstate New York. So the, the latitude or what have you was very similar to where I grew up. Oh, sure. So yeah, yeah it was like those cloudy days and mm-hmm. <laughs> water everywhere. <laughs> yeah. On a given day from my neighborhood to my commute to work, I may see Mount Rainier, two separate other mountain ranges, saltwater, and the Ship Canal and Lake Union. I mean, there's just so much. It's gorgeous. Yeah, here. it is. So we have a few uh, listener questions for you. Rose Orchard asks, how many items are in your OmniFocus database? Well, I counted before the show, and oh. I had 146 actions and 52 projects, but... 
that's all going to get much larger because I just got employment with this new company. So I have to put some customer names in there. Uh And so it's going to probably triple in size. Cool. Yep. So Josh Hughes asks, what's your favorite tip? Hmm. This is just a general one, but keep it as simple as possible so that you actually get work done. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a tip for myself. I mean, I'm really, <laughs> this is what I said when I dove into OmniFocus. But uh, yeah, keep it simple. It can do so much. Make it useful. Some people do have a tendency to just groom their system more than actually doing the things they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and OmniFocus will let you do that, but um, that's a good tip. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Jackson Another friend of ours asks, what is the most surprising way that you found OmniFocus to be effective? A funny thing that I do now that I never used to is I will email myself a voicemail that someone leaves me in order to follow up on it. It's not earth shattering, but it's newer for me. I always use the email into the inbox feature, but I like doing that because then I have a record it's in my OmniFocus database. You know, it's, it's very cool. Nice. And back to Rose again, she asks, how often do you feel that power tools are the only solution to your problems? Lately, that's all I've done is power tools, power mm-hmm. tools, power tools. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my wife was so kind to buy me pretty much everything under the sun. I took down three unfortunately dying trees a week ago. I mean, it's just a big job. Yeah, it was. And like, I'm a guy that lived in a city for the past 16 years. So it's not normal for me. So I'm getting very handy with the power tools. I've got a leaf blower. I was up on my roof blowing off leaves. Oh, yeah. Last weekend. That's crazy. Yeah, I got a leaf blower just a few years ago. And yeah, I go up up on my garage. Um, I have to leaf blow weekly, year round. Now, it's not leaves year round, but there are enough trees on my lot. that There's just debris all the time. Yeah. It, it, it looks like that. I've got a couple, I've got an Oak outside. It's huge. And it's cut back from the house, but I mean, leaves, I, I think I'm going to have to be up there every week, maybe two, but mm-hmm. yeah. That's your basic recurring task right there. That is, I mean, if you want to see the ultimate recurring set of tasks, try owning a pool. There's weekly, oh. there's monthly, there's yearly. Uh-huh. And it is like a, needy little friend. If you turn your back on it for one moment, forget <laughs> mm-hmm. it. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Mm. So, so that's you, an I always, take it you have a pool at your new place? I do. It's sitting yeah. 10 feet from me. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's great. We've got a jacuzzi pool, but it is constant maintenance. Mm. And so OmniFocus definitely helps with remembering to do all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't even know. I've never owned a pool. What What happens? It just gets oh. dirty in some ways. Algae grow in there? Or yeah, I was going to say the two dirtiest words that you ever want to hear as a pool owner are algal bloom. Algal and bloom, okay. Yeah, if, if you keep the chlorine too low, forget it. You got a green pool. Oh, man. So I I hated chemistry in school, but I'm apparently a chemistry major, you know, in my 40s here owning this home because <laughs> it's that's all it is. Chemistry and biology. Oh, forget it. Chemistry, <laughs> biology. Yes, the whole mix. <laughs> See, I'm yeah. pH balances and, and all these things, but it's, it's doable. It's, I've got it down to a system now. 
Algel Bloom would have been a good name for your your for the band rock band. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when you're singing, back to the band. When you're singing, yeah. what what's your favorite stuff to sing? I, I I mean, maybe it is classic rock, or maybe that was just a fun thing you did. What what do you love to sing? I was born in '77, so grunge was my era. All oh, yeah. that stuff, Alice in Chains. That was always my favorite stuff. But mm-hmm. if we're doing classic rock, I was I'm a huge Police fan. As a bass mm. player and singer, I got to talk oh, to Sting. Oh, sure. Yeah. Little, uh, little Cream, little Jack Bruce in there, little classic rock there. Mm-hmm. Love that stuff. So blues-based uh, and a little new wave. That stuff uh-huh. is cool. Oh, well, we have similar tastes. Uh, yeah. I, I was lucky to have moved to Seattle right as grunge was starting to become a, a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great time to be in the city. Oh, my gosh. And to this day, I still love the music. I am... Um, my personal favorite might be Screaming Trees. I Alice love Mark Lanigan. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, you, that's that's a voice right there. Yeah, I tried to convince the band to play Nearly Lost You. They weren't having it. Mm-hmm. I love that song so much. Yeah. And, uh, what is that? Uh, Sweet Oblivion song? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It's so much fun. <laughs> it, it's Dollar Bill. Yeah. But I mean, really, if you're, what, 14, 15 years old and you're listening to Dirt, by Alice in Chains mm-hmm. over and over. Your mom probably should step in and say, what's going on? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That was cool. The, the first time I heard uh, Alice in Chains, I think was probably the song Wood. Yeah. And I actually saw the video. At the time, my wife and I uh, lived in Seattle, but we spent a year in France in 92 Ooh. or something. And the movie Singles came out right as we were in France. And we're like, oh, we want to see this because it was filmed in the university district when we lived there. And so we were keen to see the movie. But the only version that, that we could see was um, dubbed in French. And we didn't speak that well. So we didn't really understand what was happening in the movie. But before it started, they just played the video of, of Wood by Alice in Chains. And we were just, we were gobsmacked. The song was great. Absolutely. And when I was in Seattle, I stood in front of Jerry Cantrell's blue dress guitar in that case. And I was like, that's, that's the guitar I've watched all these mm. beautiful songs be played with. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, I'm a big geek like that. Well, come out and visit again sometime. After all, you, you'll need to do some more research for your novel. A hundred percent. We'll be back out. All right. Well, thank you very much, Eric. How can people find you on the web? They can go to bowersvoice.com. Bowersvoice.com. Cool. That will be in the show notes, of course. People, you will be able to just click on it. I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Mark Bosco. Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. And especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Music. Music.